Hi, I'm Alar and I work at the European Investment Bank. I'm here in Luxembourg with my colleague Matt. How are you, Matt? Well, great so far. So, Matt, at which SME did you buy your morning croissant today? Oh, you had me at SME. Is that a new fashionable boulangerie in town? It's the other way around, I think. The new fashionable boulangerie in town is most likely an SME, from what I gather. But it turns out we also work at what is technically an SME. The European Investment Bank is making croissants now? Not sure that's the definition of SMEs. We should find out. I do hear that acronym being thrown around quite a lot at the bank. If only there was a podcast that would explain all these terms bankers use all the time. Maybe we could do one. We do work at the IB Group, after all. That's a bank and a fund. We, we should have all the knowledge we need on hand. We could call it a dictionary of finance. So if you're a student... Or if you're an SME, provided SMEs are able to listen to podcasts, which we'll soon find out. Or if you're a normal human being who'd like to understand it better when politicians and bankers talk about finance and economics... Subscribe to A Dictionary of Finance, podcast by the European Investment Bank. Every week we bring in experts from the European Investment Bank Group to explain terms, acronyms, and concepts that are related to finance. This week, to explain to us SMEs and why these need to be financed, we have with us Helmut Kramer-Eis and Pedro Eres Antunes. Helmut is with the European Investment Fund the European Investment Bank Group's specialist provider of risk finance to benefit entrepreneurship and SMEs across Europe. There's that acronym again. Yes, well, I suppose he'll have to explain what that means as well, won't he? We'll press him on it in a minute. Helmut is the European Investment Fund's head of research and market analysis and its chief economist. Prior to joining the fund, he worked as a senior manager at the German development bank KFW. All in all, he's worked for 18 years in the area of SME finance. Helmut holds an MA in economics from the Friedrich Wilhelms University in Bonn and a PhD, oh, you see, I already feel like I'm being educated, from the Friedrich Schiller University in Jena. He's authored and co-authored numerous research articles on various economic topics and a book on country risk analysis. He did a lot of sports when he was young, like athletics and triathlon. He's still young. I'm looking at him right now. He's married and has two kids. Pedro is the European Investment Bank's main officer on SMEs. He started working in 1983 in banking, capital markets, financial consultancy, and university teaching before joining the EIB, where he's also worked as a loan officer in several geographies. He's an experienced sailor. Wow, do you have to be an experienced sailor to be a loan officer in several geographies? You sail from one to the other? Probably, probably not, but Pedro is also an amateur trekker, so he does get around. He's also an old book collector and a food lover and a father of four girls. Great. So welcome to the Dictionary of Finance, Pedro and Helmut. Let's start. Um, Pedro, what is an SME? What's the S? What's the M? What's the E? Well, the SME, as the S, the M, and the E uh, state for, small and medium-sized enterprises. So how small is small? Well, small, it depends on the definition, but basically it can go from a micro enterprise, which starts with one person, up to, and now according to the definition that is used in the European Commission, 250 employees. Beyond that, you get into more of the larger SMEs, SMEs 
and you get into the concept of mid-cap enterprises, which typically go up to 3,000 employees. But again, it's small, medium-sized enterprise. So if we have a listener who's, who, who's wondering, who runs a business, let's say, and is wondering, am I micro, am I small, or am I mid-sized, then if they've got less than 10 employees, they'd be micro. Micro, yeah. Mm-hmm. If they go up to 50, they would be small companies. If they go up to 250, they are within the small category. Mm-hmm. Then when they go beyond 250, they start getting into... A larger one. Mm-hmm. So, so I see, Helmut, uh, you're shaking your head a little bit. You have another definition. Uh, does it? All, uh, does the definition only depend on the number of employees, or does it also depend on on turnover or any any other uh, indicator like that? Petro's definition was perfectly right, um, and there is a, a very technical definition of an SME in Europe. A definition given by the European Commission, and it says that the SME is defined as firms having no more than 250 employees, and that's what what Petro mentioned. In addition, they are required to have an annual turnover below 50 million euro or a balance sheet total of no more than 43 million euros. Hmm. And as Petro rightly said, that's the European definition. So worldwide, there are many different definitions. If you have a look at the U.S., for example, some other countries are using other definitions, and that makes it often as well difficult to compare international statistics about SMEs. But it seems like SMEs, uh, I mean, this range of companies really just covers most of companies out there, doesn't it? I mean, it's, 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 it's the very tiny ones, but also like normal-sized companies. So why don't we just call them companies why do we say why do we differentiate between smes and non smes uh, you're absolutely right these uh, these uh, smes they cover the bulk of all uh, companies in, in europe for example 99.8% of all financial enterprises are smes and they employ uh, around 91 million uh, people and generate 57% of, of total value added in, in Europe. But it's not the whole uh, economy because you have uh, mid-sized companies and you have corporates and they uh, contribute a lot as well to the econo- economy. Pedro, what's, let's talk about the economy. What's life like now for SMEs? Are things good? Are things bad? Well, I would say that uh, life for SMEs after the financial crisis uh, got uh, difficult. Um, In general, um, life for SMEs is not easy because they are small. They face uh, quite uh, a few barriers in terms of their activity. Um, There are uh, surveys that are uh, done and performed notably by the Commission uh, about the, our life of SMEs is progressing. Uh, basically, life uh, for SMEs depends on uh, various aspects and various uh, dimensions. There is the financial side, which is what we used to call access to finance barrier. And that, I would say, it's still difficult for many SMEs, especially the small ones, but has been improving as the economic uh, activity is mm-hmm. recovering. 
But you know, SMEs also flag other barriers uh, like uh, access to uh, employment, uh, you know, the right skills because they need to contract uh, the right people, um, access to um, you know um, platforms where they can share information and, for instance, uh, sell their products uh, mm-hmm. in a wider geographies, internationalization. So SMEs face because they are small, they face uh, difficulties. Uh, but again, SMEs is a, is a big universe. It encompasses different types of companies with different needs, and uh, and and that's why uh, we looked at them in you know, like clustering them and mm-hmm. trying to see the various uh, segments. You mentioned access to finance. That you said we used to call it that. What do we call it now? What's well, the local term of art? Well, we still call it access to finance. I think there's. But it's There's different ways to refer to it. But let's well, let's talk about that. What what kind of a problem is that? How does it affect uh, a new company compared to, let's say, a small company that's been around for a few years? What what could you tell us about the trajectory of of a company from well, when it started to yeah, you know, when it let's say in a, in a very simple way and put yourself in the shoes of a small entrepreneur. If you are starting up a company, you face the uh, challenge of finding the right uh, financial resources to to put your company through. But of course, if you are innovative, maybe you have access to different uh, channels and to different uh, opportunities. But if you are just a small company that has been around for several years but is not sophisticated because it's in a matured business or a traditional business, then you face other uh, challenges. Of course, a small company doesn't have access to finance directly. They always have to go through a bank, through a financial intermediary, as we call it. And this in itself, depending on the geography, depending on the size of your company, where you are located, creates uh, issues. In general, what we can say, uh, and help may confirm that from the studies that uh, they perform, access to finance for SMEs is generally more difficult than for larger companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, also because the intermediaries, the banks that deal with them, have uh, some difficulty also in dealing with the information that is provided by these companies. They are not listed you know, in stock exchanges. They don't have very sophisticated accounts and, and numbers. So this creates also a bit of you know, um, difficulties and, and mm-hmm. that... So, so, for example, if we imagine a time like 15 years ago and I uh, go to a bank with an idea of creating a, a website where people would be able to uh, put up pictures of themselves and uh, write short stories about what they are doing and I would ask this bank to give me a loan to finance this idea what kind of questions would the bank ask me or what, you know would would I be able to get that loan very easily if I'm just starting out or or what's the barrier would I be getting money 15 <clears throat> 15 years ago I doubt that you would have received the loan uh, also because of the knowledge about technology and and technological developments because most likely the, the banker would not have believed in, in your concept. And that's a, a, a typical problem of, a, of an SME. Uh, often these entrepreneurs, they have great ideas. Uh, they maybe have some patents, uh, 
they have knowledge, uh, but what they don't have is they don't have collateral. They don't have... Uh, Hold on, uh, collateral. So, so basically, this bank, they would want me to put up my, my own house for the, for the loan. For example, or parts of your, your company or mm -hmm. um, some form of, of real estate. Uh, mm -hmm. So some, something that the bank can take as security for, for the loan. Meaning that if you don't pay the loan bank, they take it. Exactly. Right. So mm -hmm. typically, these very small uh, enterprises, they don't have such collateral. Uh, they don't have a track record, so because they are by definition uh, young, uh, they are small. That means that there is not a lot of information around about these companies. And uh, that's the typical problem that we call in economics the uh, asymmetric information. So the company knows much more about itself uh, than the banker. Mm -hmm. And then there are two mechanisms that are possible to, to mitigate such asymmetric information. It's screening and it's signaling. Wow. Signaling means that the company reveals as much information as possible about itself to show to the bank that it's creditworthy so that it can repay the loan, that it has a proper business concept. And the, the screening approach, that's on the part of the bank, that the bank has to collect information. But again, these companies are small. There is not much information around. Uh, if you have a look at credit registers, registers, for example, there is not a lot of information about such SMEs. But, but now um, we, we're talking about the barriers to finance and, and all these issues, like the lack of information, they, they sound fairly legitimate objections to giving a loan to somebody coming to the bank with a fairly crazy idea. And, and at the same time, I remember a concept I learned in school about economies of scale, basically meaning saying that you know if you have a big business it's usually you know it's more efficient it's it's the the the, the economy of scale works better than than a small company so why all this talk about financing and helping small companies why shouldn't we just devote all our efforts to helping the big guys because they're much more efficient they have the track record they uh they they can do things better right Yeah, maybe I can take it. As Helmut mentioned, and he mentioned the numbers uh, minutes ago, uh, almost 100%, 99% of the, the economic activities performed by these small companies. This is the reality. You look around and you see them everywhere. Uh, so, um, of course, the uh, economic policy needs to address the entrepreneurship that is done at this level. Uh, not only to the big ones. We are not saying that we, we should privilege big companies versus small companies. All these companies need to have the proper setup, the proper environment to progress. Also, these companies are very important to develop employment. So even they employ a relatively small amount of people individually, overall, they represent most of the employment so they need to be supported. Another thing that I think is important is that when you, we talk about SMEs, we talk about a big universe of companies. We can have startups, you know, companies that uh, start a business and, and need finance and need uh, support of various sorts. But you also have the traditional butcher, hairdresser, coffee shop that still needs to uh, thrive and need to, uh, to be in business. 
And of course, all of the, the, the difficulty, and that's why there is a whole, let's say, field of, 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 of activity, policy, regulation, and, 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 and also professional activity dedicated to these companies, is that, uh, you know, you need to adjust and, and to uh, format, let's say, the offer that you have to these companies in various forms. That's not one-size-fits-all uh, way of dealing with them. Well, this is a dictionary of finance, and thanks to Helmut's research, I've, I've got lots of little terms mm-hmm. that I've been reading in his research that I want to, to try and define a little bit as we're discussing the SMEs. The, the arc of development of a company that I saw in one of your pieces of research, Helmut talked about pre-seed companies, seed companies, startups, which is what mm-hmm. Pedro was just talking about, then emerging growth and development what can we say about each of those stages? First of all, what are they? What is a pre-seed company? And and then how does that company's access to finance change? What are the problems that they face? First of all, as Petro rightly pointed out, we, we have to consider the numbers. We are talking about 23 million SMEs in, in Europe. And these SMEs... They are in different development stages. As you said, they can be pre-seed, so they are not even founded. So they can be still research in a lab at a university. And then later on, they can be a spin-off from the university to a startup company. Or there can be uh, very small companies that exist already uh, since, since several years. They have completely different needs than companies of, a diff- of, a, of the same size that is just a spin-out from, from the university. So these SMEs, these 23 million SMEs, they cover a very wide range and they have very, very different financing needs, starting from equity financing, often at the very beginning, typically high-tech companies, uh, over uh, via uh, microfinance, uh, via business angel financing, venture capital financing, to the very traditional uh, bank financing in, in very different forms. Meaning, so if you're earlier on in that stage, if you're in the pre, well, pre-seed, seed, startup, you're probably not going to go to the go to the bank, go to a bank and get your money. You're going to have to go to someone who's actually. Uh, an independent investor. You mentioned venture capital and business angels. There. That's someone who buys a bit of your company, basically, rather than loaning you the money, yeah, which it, is what a bank would it, do. It really depends on whether you're looking for debt financing or equity financing. Typically, in very tech-oriented businesses, uh, uh, there is more equ- equity financing than you go to a venture capital fund or you talk to a business angel. If you are in a more traditional business, then you can go to a bank. There are many banks that provide microfinance, uh, but you can as well go to uh, specific microfinance providers. Mm-hmm. What, what's a business angel? Business angel, that's again a, another a technical term. Uh, this is typically a, a high wealthy uh, private individual that invests own money into typically very young and tech-oriented companies. Mm-hmm. And it's called an angel. I don't know if this story is it, it, true. <clears throat> uh, it, it 
at, at least I, I once read the, the story that it goes back to the Broadway theater, that uh, there were uh, wealthy individuals who provided money for uh, productions that were... Uh, yeah, maybe a bit questionable uh, that they didn't get financing. And these um, wealthy individuals, they provided financing to, to such uh, new theater pieces. And then at some point in time, American researchers, they took over this word angel and transferred it into the business terminology. At least I heard it. I don't know if it's true. I like it. Let's, let's say it's real now. Yeah. So let's... let's one thing that we should talk about a little here, because we've got you two guys here, one from the EIB, one from the EIF, is how, let's say if you're a business at a different stage in that trajectory we were just discussing, pre-seed, seed, etc., on through a more mature company, you might be having trouble getting money either from a venture capital or an angel. You might, if you're a little bit more mature, be trying to get money from a bank and not getting the money from the bank. Where does the European Investment Fund and then the European Investment Bank fit on that trajectory? In other words, is the European Investment Fund dealing with the earlier part and the European Investment Bank dealing with the, the later part there? How does that work? Pedro, you want to yeah. Well, the, the, the IB and the IF, we form the so-called EIB group. So we work for a common objective. But, of course, with different... Um, let's say, skills that have been developed over time because the two institutions complement with each other. Uh, in the case of the EIB, the SME activity is a substantial part of what we do, um, and we finance and we reach out to SMEs out there, SMEs out there, mainly through lines of credit that we make available to banks and we deal with hundreds of financial intermediaries, banks all over Europe, which basically every year convey financing in various forms, but basically under what we call multi-beneficiary intermediated loans. So they reach the beneficiaries, which are the SMEs, through these loans. And we uh, provide about one-third of our total financing every year goes through this, uh, this um, let's say, with, with this objective of so serving SMEs. An intermediated loan, meaning that the money comes from the EIB, essentially yeah. from the European Union. So we Union. provide funding to the bank, and the bank on-lends this money to their clients, which are the SMEs. And they wouldn't be doing this otherwise because they think the SME is too risky, they don't have the track record, they well, like the problems that we described earlier, the asymmetric information and so forth. We, we provide this funding to the banks with a commitment, which is the trade-off of uh, giving our funding, which is attractive to the banks, mm -hmm. with the commitment by the banks to reach out SMEs according some eligibility requirements. So they need to abide to our policies, so to say. And usually we also provide a financial incentive so that part of our funding advantage uh, is transferred to the SMEs. Mm -hmm. The question of the risk, whether we take together with this provision of funding, whether we take part of the risk on the SMEs is to be discussed with the bank. Typically, we don't, but we are increasingly also 
providing financing on a risk, we call it risk-sharing basis, mm-hmm. um, which means for each euro that the bank on lends to the SME, we take a percentage of the corresponding credit risk. Mm-hmm. So EIB typically fits more into the kind of established uh, companies. That's Those are the typical clients of the banks, and that's why we are able to scale up. Uh, but what's the average size of a loan that an intermediary provides? Are we talking about uh, hundred thousand? Uh, yes, one million. On, a, on average, we are talking about one hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. euros. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's but can go from twenty thousand or fifteen thousand euros up to an amount uh, of several million. Mm-hmm. But on average, is one hundred fifty thousand euros, and we reach out about um, on on average. Um, you know, several hundred of uh, hundred thousand of about one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand of loans that are provided to SMEs every year through the banks. And if you're a, a company, let's say in the Czech Republic, and you go to your your local bank, mm-hmm. can you say, "I want that kind of loan. I want a loan that where you, my local bank, are yes. the intermediary." Or, do, or, do, or are they the ones that tell you about it? Yes, we are very transparent. On our external website, we have a full comprehensive list of all the banks we work with. So uh, for each country, we, we deal with the major, uh, let's say, uh, intermediaries mm-hmm. there, the major banks. So every SME can obtain information either through our website, but also through the banks, because one of the commitments that the banks make with us when we provide funding for this purpose is to be transparent and to make it public. So the banks through their branches need to advertise or make it public that mm. part of the funds they provide to the SMEs are with EIB money. Mm. So through the branches, through the network of branches where they deal with the SMEs, they can uh, provide that kind of information. Mm-hmm. But Helmut, how is the European Investment Fund helping to um, solve these barriers to finance for SMEs? Yeah, like the colleagues uh, from the EIB, we are applying an intermediate approach as well. So we don't finance companies directly, but we always go via intermediaries. And these intermediaries can be uh, funds, they can be uh, banks, they can be guarantee schemes, microfinance institutions, and so like. Funds would be funds operated by the private sector who invest in small companies, startups. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And uh, there we typically have have two types of of business models. One is the portfolio guarantee approach, where we provide guarantees uh, on portfolios uh, of loans to uh, typically banks or microfinance institutions. So we take a part of the risk, uh, mm-hmm. and there is uh, in every case a so-called risk-sharing mechanism. So we don't take all the risk uh, in order to avoid uh, moral hazard issues. That's so like in, a, in an insurance business where every uh, party of, of, uh, of the uh, contractual sites have to take a part of, of, of the risk. Mm-hmm. So these guarantees, as I said, can go to banks, to microfinance institutions. These can go to uh, guarantee schemes themselves, so a kind of uh, counter-guarantee or reinsurance mechanism. 
On the equity side, we have an intermediated business model as well. As an example, we provide equity financing to a venture capital fund, and the venture capital fund provides equity to the uh, startup company. Uh, an alternative business model goes via business angels. Uh, other examples are uh, social impact financing. So, so, also, so we uh, give money to business angels to be an angel? Uh, these uh, high uh, wealthy individuals, they are already angels, but we uh, enable them to do more, hmm. uh, to take a possibly higher risk. Like uh, archangels, really. <laughs> okay. yeah. There's just a few of them. Fantastic. So now we know what the S, M and E stands for. And uh, we know an awful lot. Thanks to you, Helmut Kramerice and Pedro Harris Antunes. That's it for this week on A Dictionary of Finance. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for listening to A Dictionary of Finance. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and all the other major podcast platforms. And we'll see you next week on A Dictionary of Finance from the European Investment Bank.